Now, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to continue to preach in your hearing a message I started on Father's Day. I was hoping to finish it, but I told you I would finish it. Titled, Father and Hubby, Are You Going to Hell? Part 2. Father and hubby, are you going to hell? <clears throat> Many mothers and wives got upset with me when I preached the same thing on Mother's Day. I promised them before I even preached that message, I was going to preach it to the men as well. The Bible reads, 2 Corinthians 13.5, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Somebody in the crowd, I don't know if we have over 2,000 people tonight or not, on multiple channels, and on BCN1, Gospel Light Society, Gospel Light House of Prayer, go to church online, I don't know how many thousands we have tonight. But somebody ought to say amen to the Word of God. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. I thank you for the presence and the power and the peace of your Holy Spirit. I am weak, but Lord, I know that you're strong and you always show up and show out and do what you want done. You're the one you taught me that gives great services, not me and not the people. So, Holy Father God, I do pray very earnestly that husbands who are deacons and pastors and trustee board members and serve in the church examine themselves and see whether or not they be saved. Just by the title, Lord, if they're shaking in their boots, if they're worried if they're disturbed or feel guilty. Lord, help them to submit to you. Help them to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. And for Jesus Christ's sake, grant me and all of us your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit uh, to do your work and to do your will. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Save those who are lost and revive those who are saved. Amen. Now, beloved, someone said, and by the way, it was a, a woman who said, keep it right there, who said yesterday, or maybe this past week, that you cannot call yourself I believe her name is Prophetess Genesis Wilson I think that's correct you cannot call yourself a Christian and dress any way you want you can't call yourself a Christian and do what you want You cannot call yourself a disciple of Christ and not uh, deny yourself. See, you forgot those verses, didn't you? No, sir. No, ma'am. Mm -mm. You can call yourself saved all you want to, but if you're not living out uh, what Jesus Christ wants you to live out at some point, and, and, and God and the people see some fruit. We may not see you uh, as fruitful as 
as maybe you should be. But we ought to see some fruit somewhere. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. You know why I pray for my wife's salvation after 34 years of marriage and she's been in the church for over 50 years? Because I have not seen any fruit. Now she has seen fruit in my life. She does not question my salvation. If she did, I would take it very seriously. Uh, because that is my spouse in the house. What your spouse thinks of you is important. And especially if your spouse is your husband, your male husband. Okay? For he is in charge in the marriage and in the family. And you should take heed to that. Are you married to a husband, dear saved woman, but you've been married for 15 years, 10 years, 20 years, and he still got his head covered looking at pornography every day, every night. You caught him with it on his phone. He's got it on his computer. And let me tell you men something. You need to understand that you can look at that pornography all you want. As soon as you do that, there are many other people watching you look at your pornography. So you go ahead with your bad self. But if you're saved, you ought not to be doing that. Yes, we do understand struggling with something until you, God gives you the victory. We don't have a problem with that as long as you keep on struggling. Sir, okay, you struggle. You struggle a while, but not forever. At some point, because Jesus Christ is victorious, at some point, you're going to be victorious. you got to be, if you're saved. You're not going to keep on doing evil if you're born again. God is not, it's not, it's not that some accountability partner is going to save you and help you. I don't, first, personally, you do what you want. I don't give a flip about an accountability partner because if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Accountability partners don't mean anything to me. Some of them are corrupt themselves. So I don't give a doggone about an accountability partner. You have one already. Jesus, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. How about three? If they can't stop you, <laughs> son, you probably have not been born again. You, you can't leave, keep your hands off of Sylvia. Sylvia is so good to you, huh? Huh? Your girlfriend on the side, your side piece. And your wife knows about her. Stop uh, playing dumb. She knows. She smells her on you. You, you can't get those scents off you. Uh-uh. Yeah, you can shower all you want. It's going to still be there. And it's not her scent. You can't stop it. Uh, well, I, I, if you're saved, I know somebody who can stop it. If you're not saved, uh, you're going to go where your wicked heart takes you with the devil. You have no control. My children witnessed this. And my, uh, I witnessed this for over the past 34 years. See, saved people... By the grace of God, they have some, someone on the inside of them who can regulate them and control them and put a stop to things and say no to stuff. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me otherwise. I know that to be true. But if you're not saved, you can't. When the devil attacks you, you can't say no. You don't have any power. You don't have that someone on the inside who says, stop devil right there. Sir, my children witnessed this. One of the reasons why I was eager for my children to move out on their own and they were eager too is to get out from under their evil, wicked mother. I know some of you sweet uh, evangelical women can't stand that. Well, you're probably wicked and evil yourself. How about that? Your husband's not going to tell you that because he's afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. See, most women are wicked and evil. Especially if they're lost. 
And so, no fruit and no power. No fruit that just flows out of you. You say, do you love your wife? Yes, I do. With God's agape love. And some of you, some of you women are saying right now, oh, I ain't talking about that kind of love. I don't know what that is. I'm talking about romantic love. Uh, Romeo and Juliet love. Yeah, I love my wife with God's agape love. That's the reason why we're still together after 34 years. Even though some of you don't like it and you're trying to cause a problem between us. You have not been victorious so far. And I don't think you'll ever be. Because it's a God thing. And so some of you husbands, listen to this. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Mm -hmm. I mean, have we not preached? In thy name. And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then Jesus says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. My, my, my. I believe that those are the most frightening words in the Bible. I believe that there is up there with some other frightening words. But if that does not get your attention, there's something wrong somewhere. It has been rightly said that one of the greatest gifts a father can give to his children is to love their mother. Do you find doing these simple things always hard and difficult? Frustrating and exhausting, Father, hubby. Number one, loving your wife as yourself. Do you have any genuine love and concern in your heart for your wife like you have genuine love and concern in your heart for yourself? Do you always have an attitude of, and spirit that you want to get, get her something when you get something? You want her to have the best, just like you want the best. Is she, by the grace of God, on your mind and her welfare and her benefit? Number two, do you nourish your wife? Meaning, do you pray with her? Do you read the Bible with her? Yes, that's a mark of true love. I know you, some of you women want to hear me talk about rose petals and taking you out on a date that you don't deserve and, uh, 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 and buying you some flowers and all of that. That does not mean anything if you don't have <coughs> God's genuine love, sir. They got you doing all that stuff, but you don't pray with her. You don't teach her the word of God. You don't read the word of God. You don't challenge her to be a virtuous woman. Teaching her that she does not have to lie. She does not have to steal. And as a Christian, she should not do it and you should not do it either. Because if you are a liar and a thief, your children will be liars and thieves. What you let go, they will let go. Do you, do you take the time to nourish your wife or you just send out to the church while you stay home and watch football? Sure. And, and let me just tell you husbands something. You can, you can fool around and trust the men in the church if you want to. They'll have your wife upside down in the bed. 
They may be a pastor, a minister, a bishop, or anything else. I don't care about any of that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you this, sir, not because, thank God, it has it never happened to me. But I'm telling you this because I have been in the pastorate. And I can see how easily that can be done. Don't look at me, pastors, you pastors. You might as well just look up. Huh? Bishops. Pastors, you know exactly what I'm talking about. See, these women, don't, they don't run after looks. They run after power. They, 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 you got women in the church who act like groupies. And they want a piece of the man of God. So they can, I guess, go out and brag to their girlfriends, well, I had my piece, honey. Uh, don't don't look at me strange. Don't 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 look at me like this. you've never heard of this happening. Yes, we got some wicked, evil men in the ministry. That if your wife offers him the eye, they will take your wife and have sex with your wife and send her back to you. Defiled. And yes, we got some evil, wicked men in the ministry, but we got some wicked, evil women in the church as well, and some of them need to be arrested. The devil is a lie. And you see, see, preacher, you, you, you see, that's why you always upsetting the, 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 the women with that kind of talk like that. No, that, no, 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 you don't know them. They're acting that way around you. They're doing the pillow talk with you to try to uh, uh, cut my head off. John the Baptist. Because of the sins that they are guilty of, they think somebody done told me what they're doing. And they want you to cut my head off. And that's what you're trying to do. You're telling your sweet thing. I'll give you everything. You tell me what you want. Herod. Mr. Herod. You dance for me real good. You push that booty up real good. And I'll, I'll crucify. I'll, I'll cut his head off. I'll... I'll I'll give you his head on a platter. You afraid of her? I'm not. And I'm not afraid of Jezebel either. I ain't running nowhere. Hmm? Father and hubby. See? I'm talking to you, pastor, bishop. You know what I'm talking about. You know how easy it is to uh, uh, have sex with that uh, woman in your office or in your apartment across town that you're paying for? Men in the church, trustee board members, you pass around the vagina. You got women you pass around. You pay them good money. So they won't tell anybody. And that's why you husbands who are not in the ministry. I'm, I'm telling you to your face. I love you. Do not send your wife to church by herself. Thinking that she's going to get her nourishment there. You can keep your wife at home. You should keep your wife at home. And you be her pastor. And all you have to do is every day pray. And you're not going to feel like it. You just do it. Okay? That's what Christian people do. You may be dry as, as dust. Just pray. If you can't pray nothing else but the Lord's Prayer, man, 
you pray the Lord's Prayer. Don't worry about Bishop uh, so-and-so and Deacon Stevens. I, I don't give a flip about that. Some of these men are the biggest whoremongers in America and in the world. And they don't like for me to say it. They don't like for me to break their little code. I'm not with them, devil. I'm not with those devils. I'm not. God told me. I had an opportunity to be on some great platforms. God told me, son, don't, I don't want you on that platform. I don't want you to meet him. I got something else for you to do. He prepared me to do it, and I did it. And I'm pretty much done. I'm telling you this because I can see how easily it can happen and how devilish some men are in the church uh, behind the pulpit. Uh, men of the cloth. Okay? So don't do that. You, you be her husband, you be her pastor, you be her priest, and you be her king. And you Nourish. Don't let another man nourish your wife. They, it's not going to be worth a flip anyway. See? In most cases today, she's going to end up uh, being nourished sexually with the preacher and the deacon. And I don't give a flip what any preacher's got to say about it. I know it's true, and it has been proven to be true, and I've been preaching it for years. Okay, so here's what you do, husbands, if you're saved. You pray with your wife in the morning before you go anywhere. And you pray for her, you pray for yourself. You read the Word of God, hopefully two or three chapters. If you can't read, uh, read two or three, read one. But do something. You pastor your wife. If she's full of hell and the devil, lay hands on her. I know I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about laying hands on her like this right here. And praying as God to cast the devil out of you. Get some olive oil. Like my great grandmother, Bree Love. She always had some olive oil. She was blind, but she could see you. And she could see you good enough to put some hands on you. And pray the devil out of you. Mm-hmm. And you say, Preacher, have you ever laid hands on your wife and prayed and asked God to cast the devil out? Yes, I have. I've done it with some of my children as well. Yeah. Just because I'm saved and, and I preach to God doesn't mean everybody in my family is saved. I'm sorry. Same thing in your family, man. Preacher, stop lying. I was so thankful that Ed Stetson, them, and church leaders finally came up with an article, it's time for pastors to be authentic. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. You liar. You know you drink wine with your meals and you know it's not a sin. The Bible uh, teaches that as long as you drink in moderation. But you got people going out and buying your wine. You got your wife sneaking into the store in another town and buying your wine and all of that. And, and, and stop all of that. You, you hypocrite. You Baptists and you Bible people. You bunch of hypocrites. Every last one of y'all. Some of y'all got stuff harder in your closet than wine. I, I recommend and all I drink is red wine. Cab. With my food. It's nothing like it. It's a pleasure. It is a blessing. Some of you looking like you you have a, a, a curtain rod up your back. Need to try it before you uh, uh, and stop lying to the people. You got people having heart attacks because they won't drink a little wine with the meal. Some of you preachers, y'all all, all uptight and, and, and under duress and pressure. Get you one cup is the rule. That's it. One cup, one glass. That's it. It does wonders in the body, sir. It'll do wonders for your sex life as well. I know you don't like to talk about sex in church, but you do it. <coughs> you do it in church. Excuse me. 
you lying devil hypocrites. You, you people make me sick with this foolishness, you sweet evangelicals, sweet Baptists. You got some Hennessy. Don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray. I'm going to pray in a minute. You got some Patron. Some Patron. You got all this hard stuff that you be sipping on and, and you be lying to the people got your wife out there uh, and, 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 and your deacon out there buying your wine and stuff because you don't want to be seen at the wine house. Well, listen to me. This is what I say to you, you hypocrite. If you can't go buy it, don't drink it. Mm. Are you a hypocrite? Are you a phony? You you do one thing uh, at home and another thing in front of the people and then get in the pulpit and lie to the people and preach against wine and, and, and alcoholic beverages? You liar. You got a church full of hypocrites. You made them that way. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Right here, same thing. It's complete all the way. Let me see that one right there. All the way up high. Loving your children. Do you love your children, father, hubby? Huh? Come on. Hmm? Do you really love them or you try to get away from them and dump your dump all of your responsibility? I say your responsibility on your wife. Yeah, that's what many of you have done. You're so busy with the pastorate. You're so busy with the ministry. Uh, you dump those ch poor children on your wife to be the father and the mother. You lying devil. You got to be, go be with the brethren. Why, why you got to be with the brethren all the time? Are you a homosexual? Huh? Boys night out. You got boys church, young men. I mean men's church and all this. Bull! There's no such thing as a man's church. A woman's church. Everybody ought to in the church. There's no such thing as children's church. Everybody ought to be in the church together at this time. Uh, after, after all of the experiments you've had, everybody ought to be in. And you better bring everybody into the church at the same time, or you won't have the crowd you want. And what do you have to talk about with the men that you can't talk? The women can't hear. The children. Everybody needs to hear the word of God at the same time. And your wife needs to sit down. So there. They don't want to hear from her, man. They want to hear from the man of God with the old saints. You see, I don't know why they added a D. I don't know, what is that? I, I don't know why they added a D to the man. The man of God is coming to preach the word. <laughs> Woo! And, uh, and then uh, uh, Pastor... Um, Cuthbertson would, when he would invite me to come and preach a revival meeting, and we did this almost every year uh, for years. And he would say, "The man child is coming." <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> the man child. Where do you get off calling me a man child? The man child is coming to preach the word of God after this song. The next voice you hear is the man-child. Come on, man. Anyway, Father Hubby, do you love your children? Huh? I love my children so much. When I saw my wife was not going to rise to the occasion, sometimes in life, people, you can like it, lump it, or choke on it. I can care less. It's the truth. And I, I preach the truth because it impacts many people. See, I, I'm transparent about it. No husband wants to say anything negative about his wife, period. It's not in a man to do that. But sometimes God will raise up a man to deal with the situation. The situation is so bad, we got to pull out all the stops for you people. Because your lives are just jacked up and messed up. Family is just shot to hell. So we got to get we got to be real about it. <clears throat> and you'll be amazed how that when a, a man like myself preaches the truth about the, the real issues and what's really happening, it 
connects with you because it's happening with you. It also lets you know that you're not the only one dealing with this. Oh, man. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, I see how you dealt with it. Okay. <clears throat> but when my wife did not rise to the occasion and I saw that she was neglecting my first baby, I said, I was on the road. Man, I had been on the road for years preaching the gospel all around the world. And was doing so even after we got married. But God told me, son, it's time for you to come on the road and, take, and make sure your children are taken care of. Because she's not, she's not fit. She's not ready. He said, well, I'm going to, Lord, and then he called me, and he, just, he told me, just go ahead and start a church. And keep on preaching. And, and, and then I'll give you that experience as well, so you can really do whatever I, I have for you in the future. I didn't know all of that then, but I know it now. And I raised my children by myself. I made her do all of the dirty work. She changed all of the diapers. She washed all of the dishes. I never washed a dish in my life. I never changed a diaper in my life. None of that. I didn't wake up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. No, I have to preach. Uh, what books did you read? I read the Bible. And said, this is what makes women mad at me, fathers and hubbies. I, I did the fun things with all of my children. I made her do uh, most of the teaching, homeschooling, and all of that. You see, you made it. I insisted. Because, see, if you're not going to do it, I don't need you here. It's very straight up. It's no compromise. You can't compromise the Word of God. Now, because I told her either we were going to do it God's way or no way before we got married. So she had a choice. We're not going to do it her messed up family's way. And we're not going to do it my messed up family's way. Because that did not work out well. Total disaster. And the only thing, the only reason why I was thinking that way is not because of the family I came out of. It's because of the Jesus Christ who saved me December the 19th, 1979. And I loved my children until the last one left, and I still love them. And they're helping me right now as I speak. All of them have helped me in the ministry to this day. I, I, I have a one or two who disagree with me on some issues. That's just how it is. They grow older, and they get dumber. And they want to do what they want to do and think the way they want to think. I said, go ahead. I have to, see, see, a good father, that does not bother you. As long as you did your job. If they get away from the truth, they'll come back to it. I believe. And one thing for sure I'm doing is I'm praying for them. And I told them that's the worst thing I can do for you. If you, if you want to paint the town red, my praying for it is not going to help you. So love your children, fathers, hubby. And by the way, in case you don't know this, God addresses you as the head of the household, not only over the wife, but over those children. And he's going to hold you responsible, sir. And let me tell some of you fathers something. Don't be calling every other men about your children <clears throat> while raising them up. Asking them how to do this and that. God has given you the instincts on how to raise your children. God has given you the ability to do it. He's given you everything you need. They hit the teen years. Now you want to call everybody. No. God, God will, God will ride, raise you on up with them. And give you everything you need to raise your children and teach your children. And nobody can raise, I don't give, I don't care. Nobody can raise your children like you can. Because you know what's in them. You can look at them and tell what's in them. You know it. Number five. 
fathers, hubbies, do you say I love you to your children? You say, preacher, did you do that? Every day. While my children were being raised in my house by me, I don't care how bad they have been or what happened or what did what, who did what, didn't matter. At night before we went to bed, we said, "Good." I said, good night. They would say to me first, good night, Papa, I love you. And I would say, good night, Danny, I love you. Good night, Daniel, I love you. Good night. Danita, I love you. Good night, Danae, I love you. Good night, Daniel Ezekiel, I love you. Good night, uh, Daniqua, I love you. Good night, Daniel Ezekiel, I love you. Good night, Danielle, I love you. Every night without fail, if I left the house, the children would say, bye, Papa, I love you. I would call all the names. Good night, Danny, I love you. Good night, Daniel, I mean... Uh, bye, Danny. Uh, I love you. Bye, Daniel. I love you. Bye, Daniel. Whoever was left at the house. Father, husband, uh, hubby. <laughs> Do you tell your children I love you? Is that so hard? <clears throat> I thank God I did it with my children. My wife did not do it. She did not want to do it. Yes, I insisted on her doing it uh, for a while. Uh, but but the, the children got to the point where they would cringe up when she said it. And they would cringe and do all of this stiff up when she would try to hug them when I told her to go in there and hug her children. So are you telling me, sir, that you made your wife go in there and say I love you to her children yes sir yes ma'am I insisted on it until she was uh, she was uh, 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 like a monster to her children when she did it because they knew she didn't want to do it I don't care if you like it you sweet evangelicals you know what's going on in your own house it sounds familiar doesn't it you know, you never say neither one of you, fathers and mothers. You never say I love you to the children. Never. Some of you hate your children. You despise them, and they can feel it, and they can sense it. It's an evil when a parent does that. So I, 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 I thank God that I did it because they would have never felt any kind of love. And to this day, I have some children searching for motherly love, especially the girls. They called me the father and the mother because they didn't get any love from their mother. When they were young and had pure, innocent hearts, that's what they did. They wrote it. It's in the letters. There are letters on uh, BCN1, all of them, that my children wrote to me down through the years. When they had pure, innocent hearts. And they were not defiled by church pastors and church pastors' wives and other wicked people that they were trying to get some motherly love from. Other wicked women in the church who ran their husbands off and ran their children off. So I thank God I did it. I did it. To, I, I got a phone full of I love yous right now. For today Yesterday, the day before, when my, when, when my children go off, we text each other and say, I love you. Every day. And you know one of the reasons why I do that, Father, is because one day I can leave out of the house and say, and, 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 and say, uh, and not say I love you, and then I die in a car accident, or they die in a fire. And guess what we're going to uh, want to look back to and make sure we did? Our last words was, I love you. It means the world. How about number six? Not provoking your children to wrath. 
picking on them, uh, singling them out, like you have a vendetta against a child, and this happens especially in so-called mixed families, blended families. There's no such thing unless there's a death and the person is a widow and all of that. But divorced and remarriage, no. Fraught with trouble and problems. Serious problems. Serious problems. Not provoking your children to wrath. Partiality. <clears throat> Talking about you have a favorite child. Uh, I, I, let, let me take. Let me just say this to you. I don't believe that is ever in a saved man's heart or woman's heart if they're saved. Uh, that's, that's foreign to their hearts. A favorite son, a favorite daughter, and all of that garbage. If you ever say that in earshot of any of your children, you're provoking them to wrath. Say people don't think like that. Number six, not provoking your children to wrath. Number seven, nurturing your children. Patting them on the back when they do well. Uh, my youngest son will be the quickest one to get through college, I believe. Daniel Ezekiel. He just hung in there with it. Hung in there with it. Kept knocking it down. He got his associates. And he and he, he's wrapping it up now. It'll be about three years and a quarter or something like that. And I told him today, I texted him, and I told him today <clears throat> that I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Then you need to pat, but I had to pat him on the butt growing up. And if you don't love your children enough to pat them on the back when they do good and pat them on the butt... When they do evil, you're not loving your children, right? Because nobody likes doing that. A loving father does not like whipping his children. And I was, and I, I had the most fun with my children. And I was, I was the disciplinarian. They never wrote their mother a letter, but they wrote me hundreds of letters telling me how much they love me and appreciate me down through the years and I cherish every last one of them. My second daughter, Denise Evangeline White, who was kind of like the leader of all of that, put it, put it in a book, collected the letters, edited it, and put it in a book, put it in a book for me. And I read those letters to this day. It's hard to read them. It's hard to read them sometimes because you just, you remember those days. And I already have so many precious memories. And I want you to have precious memories as well, Father, hubby. And you can't do this without God. Let me just say that to you. Not what I'm talking about, you can't do without God. I give God all of the thanks and the praise for giving me the privilege to raise all seven of my children with my wife. Number eight, Father, do you admonish your children? Is all, is all of this a drudgery to you? then you're probably not saved. You're probably not born again. You don't love them enough to chastise them? Let me, let me help you. You're, are you evil? Yes. 
Is your wife evil? Yes. Guess what you have? Evil children. And you're not gonna, you're not gonna see it too much at <clears throat> two, three, four, five, six, seven. I never had any terrible twos. I don't know what you're talking about. Ain't nobody gonna be terrible in my house but me. But when they hit that teenage strand, brother, the evil is gonna start coming out. When they they hit the age of accountability, attitudes, looking sad, being mad about nothing. Uh try to be disrespectful you got to deal with that and then I don't know how God does it but they will love you the more later on and they will appreciate what you did if they're saved number nine not willingly participating in the proper raising of your children <clears throat> Dumping your children on your wife. <clears throat> Everything pertaining to the children on them. When God told you that everything is on you, she is just to help. Do you participate in the proper raising of your children? And number ten, are these, I mean, are these ten things, are they hard for you? Do you ever do them? Or do you shirk your responsibilities? Then you're lost and on your way to hell, sir. You say, how do you know that? Because, see, God, it's not about you. The God I know, the Jesus I know, the Holy Ghost of God, they will all instruct you and guide you and help you to do these things and motivate you. I said motivate you to do these things and give you the impulse to do these things if you're saved see if, if these things are foreign to you and you have no idea what I'm talking about and you're never motivated on from the inside not by your wife because that's not her role anyway not by some preacher not by promise keepers you don't need promise keepers to keep your promises to God and to do what God told you to do. And you can't be trained by somebody to do this. God will put it in your heart to do this. God will help you to do this. God will put that agape love in your heart for your family. The Holy Spirit of God will be present with you from the time you're saved until you leave this earth. And he will prompt you and move you to pray with your wife and read the Bible with your wife and your children and nourish them in the Word of God. Teach them the Word of God. The Holy Ghost of God will prompt you and lead you to pray without ceasing with your family, to applaud those who do good, whip those who do evil, and not with anger. Number 10, not being committed to providing a peaceful quiet home for your children, even if that means not having your way and getting everything you want. Now, as long as you're safe and you're doing right, as the husband, uh, things ought to go your way. But even when things don't go your way on the job or whatever the case, you still don't take it out on your wife and your children. Father, hubby, come in the house, you kick your dog and all that kind of thing like that. But what I'm talking about regarding the husband is are you committed to making sure there's peace and order in your household so there's not chaos? Now, if you let your wife run everything and the buck stops with her, then you're probably going to have chaos in the house. She has to be committed to peace and order under your direction. You have to be committed to peace and order in your family so your children can have a nice, quiet place 
to do their schoolwork and do their work and, 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 and progress in life. And if that means telling your wife who is always causing a problem to shut up so that the children and you can have peace and quiet in your home, then you just have to do that. I know that's not popular, but sometimes, sir, you got to tell your wife who's running off at the mouth and, and causing confusion and chaos in the family to shut up and, and put a stop to it. And, and, and if she does it, You're going to wish you had done it a long time ago because it's going to be so quiet, you can hear a pin drop. And your children are going to love it. With that, you need to provide structure. From the time we got up for over 34 years of marriage until the time we went to bed, we were at it. We were working. Doing ministry work, business work to support the ministry, doing school work, family work. Boom, 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 get it done. The family is not designed to sit on your butt all day and do nothing. You got, you have business, ministry work to do for God first. Ministry work, business work, school work, business work, some kind of business the family starts. School work. Family working duties, taking out the trash, buying groceries, all of that. From the time you get up to the time you go to bed, you ought to be getting it and getting things done. And not only that, yes, in the evening time, once all work is done, then you ought to have a little downtime. And relaxation time, and when you and when you have a bunch of young children, watch a movie together. Something that is decent and something that's good, and will have some kind of life lessons. My children fell in love with the uh, C.S. Lewis movies. I have read some letters recently. They used to write me, "Thank you so much for taking us to the C.S. Lewis movies and for buying us Lord of the Rings." They'll feed off of that for years and, and get something out of it. Okay? Read to your children. We, I, I did all of that during our devotional time. Number 11. Not understanding the principle of in time to come. I meant this primarily for the women. Many wives and mothers don't understand the principle of end time to come, but many men don't either. They want everything right now. God does not operate like that. End time to come for you too. Your wife is not going to be all she should be in the first few months or years. Be nice if she would be. Your children are all growing. And God is the one making them and breaking them and molding them with your help to be where they should be in time to come. And even after they leave, in time to come, you trust God. It's on God's timing when things uh, turn out the way they should. Not your timing. You just keep on praying and keep on having faith in God and reading the Word of God. And you stay busy for God, even in your emptiness years. Your children are right there with you still if you're praying for them. My children are right uh, here with me because I'm praying for them throughout the day. Plus, uh, they are on the phones texting me all day long. And on top of that, I have precious memories. And if you do it right, Father, hubby, you will have precious memories. If you do it wrong, you will not have precious memories. You'll be like my wife and have nothing but guilt and heartache. Because 
of her pride, she did not do what she should have done. Don't you be that way and end up 50-something odd years old, 60 years old, full of bitterness and anger and guilt. Because, see, you can't go back and do it again. You know better now, but you can't go back. So, dear friend, dear father, dear hubby, if you struggle with these things and these verses, and there's always a problem with your doing them, and a problem all of your married years, and your wife is trying to beat you over the head with a baking uh, instrument, And then you need to get saved. You need to get born again. It's not about you obeying a bunch of laws. It's about you being saved and filled with the Holy Ghost of God. And this, is, this comes out of you. By God's grace and by God's power. And so as I said earlier. If you want to be saved. Examine yourself and see whether or not you be in the faith. If you want to be saved, the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shall be saved. Jesus Christ said the most wonderful, most loving, and most important words in the history of the world when he said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Understanding that you are a sinner, and that you need a Savior to save you from the punishment of sin, which is eternal hell. Hell is a place of torment, where you will be tormented for the rest of your life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend, and thou you shall be saved from that awful place. If you want to be saved tonight, dear father, dear hubby, because you know that you're not saved, these things were totally foreign to you, and you have struggled with all of this, you have not even in some cases tried to do it at all. Get saved tonight. Pray the sinner's prayer with me right now. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I admit that I have sinned against you repeatedly down through the years. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul from hell today. Yes, Lord, I know I have been religious for many years and even faithful to going to church, but I know that I'm not saved. Save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and change my life. Help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now dear friend, I have to go, but if you got saved tonight, email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and we have some free material that we will send you to help you to grow in the faith. 
God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, those of you who are saved and you appreciate our ministry, uh, in this day of high inflation, we could use uh, several thousand dollars. Please look on Facebook and give what God has blessed you to be able to give. God bless you, my friends. Until next time.